Well, hey, we're going to get into the Word today. We're going to jump right into uh, part four of a message series that we've been calling Frequency. And what we've been talking about is how to, how to cut through the noise, how to cut through the noise so that we can hear the voice of God. And that's what I want for us. I want for you to be able to hear what God is saying to you today. So if you've got your message notes, if you came in, you received a worship guide, you can pull those out, get ready to take some notes online. Uh, you can take notes uh, on your computer or on your phone or later on when it's posted to our website, you'll be able to access the sermon notes there as well. But let's go to John chapter 10. This is our theme verse here. John chapter 10, verse three through five says this, that the gatekeeper opens the gate for him. All right, the gatekeeper opens the gate and the sheep listen to his voice. Who, who are the sheep? We are. We're the sheep. The sheep listen to his voice. Who, who's his voice? That's God's voice. We are listening to God's voice and he calls his own sheep by name. Can I just, can I remind you today that God knows your name? Not only does God know your name, but he knows the number of hair on your head. I, I, he doesn't know how, not, not just that he knows how many hairs are on your head or how many hairs are not on your head, right? But he, he has them numbered, the Bible says. And when that one falls out, when you see it laying in the sink, that one was 38,246,348, right? He knows that they're, they're numbered, he, he, has, he has it numbered, and it goes on to say in verse 4 that when he's brought out all of his own sheep, he goes ahead of them. He's not a slave driver. He's not a master pushing people. He leads. He's a leader, and, and, and his sheep follow him. Why? Because they know his voice. They follow. We follow him because we know his voice. We know that that's the Lord speaking to us. And in verse 5, it says that they will never follow a stranger. In fact, They'll run away from a stranger. Why? Stranger danger. Stranger danger. Because they don't know the stranger. They don't recognize the voice of the stranger. That happens twice already today. All right. We don't recognize the voice of the stranger. So um, here we go. Let's recap real quick. The week, first week, week one of the series, we talked about how, how to have a prepared heart. Right? We're trying to get all the pollution out of our life so we can have a prepared heart, so that we can hear the voice of the Lord. And then uh, the second week, we talked about how God still speaks. He's still talking to us. He's still speaking to us. We just got to get everything cleared out so we can hear him. And then last week, Pastor Caleb did an, an incredible job bringing the word. Come on. Good job, Pastor Caleb. Awesome word last week. And he talked about how there's different ways that we can hear God's voice. Sometimes it's promptings. Sometimes it's, it's whispers. But he, he speaks to us. We've got to be ready to hear that. And then today, I want to talk about how to recognize when God's speaking to us. How to recognize his voice. How many of you want to recognize when God's speaking to you? Man, I want to know it. I want to know beyond the shadow of a doubt. How do I know it's not me talking how do I know it's not me making something up how do I know it's not the, the pizza I ate last night come on somebody how do I know it's not the devil talking to me how can I tell if this is God's voice so um, back in 2011 I was serving at our home church in Alabama and and I preached one weekend on on November the 27th 2011 I preached a message 
And on that Sunday, there was a first-time guest I had never met before. Didn't know this guy. Never met him in my life. He showed up. And then that afternoon, he, he sent me a Facebook message and, and was giving me a word from the Lord. All right? And so uh, I wanted to share this story with you today because I kind of think it's a little bit comical in a way. Uh, but it also illustrates some other things that I'll get to. But I had to go back in my Facebook Messenger archive to, nine years ago to find this message that I want to share with you. And he, and he said this. We're going to call him Billy Bob, okay? That's his name. And Billy Bob said, uh, I'm going to read it like I'm from Alabama, okay? <laughs> my name's Billy Bob. <laughs> Sunday morning, November 27, 2011, we visited your church and you spoke. When you stepped on the stage, the Lord began to show me some things. I saw that you had a wife and two kids. All right? So he's right. I had a wife. But here's where he, here's where he missed it. I saw that you had a wife and two kids, a boy and a girl. Well, we had, we had three kids at that time, and they were all boys, right? So how, how do I know that this word wasn't from the Lord? Because it wasn't accurate, right? He, 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 missed, he missed it right here. And then he, he goes on to say, he says, uh, I, I saw that you had a mother, but your father was not in the picture. I saw that your mother had been, has been sick with a disease, but the Lord said to tell her, memorize, read and memorize Isaiah chapter 53 and, and proclaim the promises of Isaiah 54. Brother, it's bitterness in her that's opened the door for this attack. All right, the second reason I know that this was not a word from the Lord was because my mom had been dead for six years. All right, so, all right, my brother, I want to hear the word from the Lord, but you're kind of missing some things here, all right? Like, I got three kids. They're all boys. My mom and dad are both deceased. Like, well, hold up a second. And he goes on to tell me that, that I've never met you, sir, and you know nothing about me, but I believe the Holy Ghost sent me to give you this word this morning, and he sent us to that church to deliver it to you. And I was like, okay. <laughs> All right, I didn't respond. I just, I just didn't respond. It didn't need my response. I, I just thought, well, I, I know it's not from the Lord because there's too much inaccurate information there, right? And, and so it, when you're hearing me tell that story, you might think, well, Pastor Ben, that, my goodness, that should never happen in church. But here's the deal. If we're all, if all of us are trying to hear the voice of the Lord and we're trying to hear what God is saying to us, there's going to be times when we miss it. There's going to be some times when we don't get it right. Now, now we don't want that to happen, but there's going to be times. And so I don't know what that guy was hearing or smoking that day. But I know his word wasn't from the Lord, okay? It wasn't from the Lord. And, and so here's what we've got to do. Uh, we've got to remember uh, that Peter experienced the same thing. Peter, he got it right. Remember when, when, uh, when, when Jesus said, who do people say that I am? And Peter pipes up and he says, people say that you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, hey, you're right. That's, that's right. Flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, Peter. That was... That was from the Lord. And then a few minutes later, Peter is talking, uh, uh, Jesus is talking about going to the cross. He's going to go to the cross. He's got to suffer and die a painful death. And Peter pipes up again and he says, no, Lord, never. We won't let you die. We won't let you go to the cross. And Jesus says, get thee behind me, Satan. So look at that. In a matter of minutes, Peter got it right and he got it wrong. 
He got it right one minute and he got it wrong the next. So if Peter's going to get it wrong, hey, we're going to get it wrong sometimes. We're going to miss God sometimes. Even the very best of of people are going to miss God sometimes. So what we've got to do is we've got to learn to hear, recognize the voice of God. We've got to learn to recognize when God is speaking to us. And so let's go to 1 John chapter 4. And, and John says this. He says, dear friends, don't believe every spirit. Now, we have the Holy Spirit, don't we? But, but this tells us there's more than one spirit. There's more than the Holy Spirit. There's other spirits that are trying to talk to you. There's other spirits that are trying to lead you. There's other spirits that are trying to dominate you. And, and John says, don't believe every spirit, but do what? Test the spirits. Test the spirits, the plural spirits, to see, are they from God? Are these spirits from God? Is, am I really hearing what, what God wants me to hear? And I, I recently had a friend here in our church who told me about his brother who said the Holy Spirit told him to leave his wife for a mistress. Was that the Holy Spirit? It was a spirit, but it wasn't the Holy Spirit, right? It wasn't the Holy Spirit. So, so there, there's a spirit talking, but it wasn't, it wasn't our gracious Holy Spirit. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that appears right. There's a way that seems like, oh God, she needs me. You know, my wife isn't really treating me good right now, so she is though, and she needs a good man like me. Mm, that's, a, that, that, that's a lying spirit, Right? There's a way that seems right, it appears to be right, but in the end, it will lead you to death. Come on, it will lead you to destruction. There's a way that looks right, but it won't end up good for us. Can I get a witness today? So so God, maybe maybe some people would, would say something like, well, pastor, God just wants me to be happy. Really, he just wants me to be happy. And I want to burst your bubble today and tell you that there's not a scripture anywhere in the Bible that says God wants you to be happy. But God does want you to be holy. Because if we can live a holy life, don't you know we'll have a happy life? Come on. If we live in a holy life, it'll be a happy life. So, pastor, how do I do it? How do I hear God's voice? How do I recognize? How do I hear what God is saying to me? And I want to give you four tests today. Four tests that will help you know whether God's speaking to you, whether it's the devil or the pizza or, or somebody else, right? Here's four ways, four tests. And the first one is this. Does it line up with the Bible? Does it, does it line up with the Bible? Here's the deal. God will never contradict himself. He will never give you one thing in the Bible and then something else on the side. He'll he'll never speak one thing in Scripture and then tell you something else over here. He won't do that. So does what I feel like God is saying to me right now, does it line up with with the Bible? Matthew chapter 19, this is is a, a place where the Pharisees are testing Jesus. And they specifically ask him about divorce. And they say, it says, the Pharisees came to him to test him. And they said... They asked, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? See, what they were fishing for something here because a lot, of, a lot of the people of those days, they lived that way. They would just send their wife away with a divorce certificate for, for any and every reason. And they, 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 they kind of wanted Jesus to sign off on it. Is, is it lawful for that? And Jesus replied saying, well, haven't you read? 
well, does it line up with the Bible to just divorce for any and every reason? Does, does it line up? Have you read it? That at the beginning, the creator made them male and female. And, and he said, for, for, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife. And the two will become one flesh. It goes on to say, so that they are no longer two, but they're one. They're one flesh. And whatever God has joined together, let not man separate. So Jesus answers them with, haven't you read? What does the law say? What does the Bible have to say about this? Now, I want to take a minute, and I I just want to acknowledge that I realize divorce has been picked on in the church, not this church. We don't ever, we're not doing that in this church. We're not going to single out things like that in this church. We won't go there. But in the church at large, divorce has been picked on in the church world. And I just want to remind you today that God loves everybody. God doesn't hate divorced people. The Bible says that he hates divorce. Why does, that's a strong word. Then why does he hate divorce? Because he knows it hurts us. He knows that it hurts us. He knows that it's, it's, not the, it's not great for us. And there are times when it has to happen. I understand. So I'm not picking on anybody today. I'm just simply saying that, that whatever you've been through, no matter what you've been through, God can redeem it in the name of Jesus. Amen? No matter what you've been through, God can redeem it. He can restore it. I believe that. I believe it. So, so Jesus answers them. What does the Bible say? Haven't haven't you read? Now, sometimes people will ask me, Pastor Ben, what do you really think about COVID? What do you really think about the the racial tensions? What do you think about uh, uh, sin issues and marriage and all of these things? And, And more and more, really, my answer is it doesn't matter what I think. It really doesn't matter what I think. What does the Bible have to say about that issue? You see, God is the author of what is right and wrong. So it really doesn't matter what I have to say about it. Can I get a witness today? Let's go to the Word of God. Let's see what the Bible has to say about those issues. Now, let, let me just say that there, are, there, there is a trap where, where people will find a scripture to just support whatever they're feeling, right? The, the, you, can find, you, you can take scripture out of context pretty easy, Either intentionally or mistakenly. You can do that. Jesus said in Luke 21, he said that his word stands. It remains forever. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words remain forever true. All right? So his word stands firm forever. And it may be easy for us to take the Bible out of context. But so, so we've got to be careful that we don't just run and grab the scripture that makes us feel good. You know, kind of, you know, there was a guy one time, he said, he said, I can tell you that there's not going to be women in heaven. Because there's that one scripture that says, in Revelations, it says, there'll be 30 minutes of silence in heaven. <laughs> I, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, right? But, you know, some, probably there's someone who really believes that, Right? Because you can take scripture and you can twist it and you can make it whatever you want. Even the devil used scripture to tempt Jesus, but he came back with, it is written, it is written, it is written. He came back over and over again with, it is written. So does it line up with the word of God? Number two, will it make me more like Christ? When I, when I read that line, I always think about that old, that song about Michael Jordan. 
Oh, to be like Mike. So it's like, I want to be like Christ. Come on. Uh, I want to be like Christ. I just want, I want to be like Christ. Will this thing that I'm feeling, will it make me more or less like Jesus? That's a good way to, that's a good way to ask it. If I proceed with this thing, is it making me more like Jesus or less like Jesus? See, the goal of Christianity, the goal after getting saved is for us to become more like Jesus. Listen, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't clear up your life to get saved. You get saved and then God cleans up your life. That's the way it works. So once we get saved, once we acknowledge Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the goal is for us to become more and more like Christ. The Bible, the theological word for that is regeneration it simply means that the more i fall in love with jesus the more i want to be like him the more i get to know jesus the more i want to be like jesus the more i get to know jesus the more i want to think like jesus and act like jesus and live like jesus amen and that's what we need that's what we want in our lives and so another another way to say it is i know where i know i'm not where i i know i'm not i'm not where i i ought to be but thank god i'm not what i used to be God's doing a work in me. He's changing me. He's moving in my life. And there's two ways at City Hope that this happens. Two ways that we help you become more and more like Christ. And one of them is through the growth track. One of them is through the growth track. And starting on, on next Sunday, we're going to do something we've never, ever done before. And that is we're going to offer a growth track fast track. It's the fifth Sunday and we, we normally don't have growth track on a fifth Sunday, but we're going to do all four steps of the growth track in one day. Next Sunday, 1130, right here at the Cedar Elm campus, right here in the auditorium, we're going to do all four steps. It'll last two and a half, three hours, maybe shorter if I can whittle it down a little bit, right? We're going we're gonna to do our best, but we're going to feed you lunch. We're going to do child care for you. We'll take, we'll take care of, of the day for you. All you have to do is show up, all right? And, and so if, if you're wanting to discover more about who God is and more about this church and maybe join this church and membership, maybe you want to be on the dream team, maybe you want to discover your purpose, this is it. This is a way that we can help you become more and more like Christ. Amen? So next Sunday, growth track. But, but then the other way that we help you become more like Christ is what we call small groups. Small groups. And they're launching next Sunday August the 30th, you just go to cityhopefamily.com slash smallgroups. Sign up for a group because here's what I believe. What I believe wholeheartedly is that life change doesn't happen in this room. It happens in homes, in, on golf courses, in coffee shops. It happens all across our city in groups of 10 to 15 people. Like life change happens in circles, not in rows. All right. Hey, let, let's, let's get in a group, everybody. Let's find a group where we can take off the mask and, and say, you know what? My week has been terrible. I'm going through some things at work. I'm dealing with some things at, at home. I'm, I'm having this issue with my, my kids. I need prayer. And you just take off the mask. And you say, hey, this is who I am. This is where I'm at. This is what I'm dealing with. And people rally around you. And people love on you. And people pray for you. And they lift you up in small groups. I, I like to say it this way. Big things happen in small groups. Come on. One of, the, one of my favorite groups is what we call freedom. How many freedom people we got in here today? Any, any freedom people? Yeah. If you've never been through freedom, here's, here's what I want. I want everybody who calls City Hope Church home to go through a freedom group. 
I'm telling you, it, it, and don't just go through it once. You can't go through it once and go, man, that was pretty good. No, you, it's, like, it's like, like we're an onion, and God's just peeling back the onion layers. We just we got to keep going over and over and over. Just keep going through it. Keep going through it. Keep going through it. And let God bring freedom and healing in your lives. Amen? So, small groups kicking off next Sunday. I'm pumped about it. Pumped about it. So you can know the word is from God if it makes you more like Christ. If, if it makes you more like Jesus, you know it's from God. Philippians 2, 5 says it this way. If your lives, in, in your lives, you must think and act like Christ. That's his calling for us. Think and act like Christ. Well, how do I do that, Pastor Ben? How do I, how do I think and act like Christ? It's found in Philippians chapter, uh, or Corinthians uh, chapter 10, it says that we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. How, how, how do I think and act? We got to take captive every thought, make it obedient to Christ. Well, how do I make it obedient to Christ? How do I live my life in obedience to Christ? Okay, I'm glad you asked. In, in the book of James, he gives us some filters to run things through. You think you're hearing a word from God. You think you're hearing, you, you feel like you have something from God. He's asking you to do something. How do you obey? In James, it says, the wisdom that comes from heaven is first pure. Is what he's asking you to do, is it pure? Is it pure? Is, is, is what he's impressing on your heart, is it peace-loving? Is it considerate? Is it submissive is it full of mercy and good fruit is it impartial and sincere because peacemakers who sow in in peace reap a harvest of righteousness run it through that filter is it making me more like christ it'll make you more like christ if if it's like this can i get a witness today it makes us more like christ Uh, uh, one thing that we could do is is just ask ourselves what would jesus do in fact, that's such a catchy question. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it on armbands. And I'm going to sell it to everybody. And people, even people who don't believe in Jesus, will wear it to ask, what will Jesus, what would Jesus do? No, really, for those of you who are younger than, than, uh, than me, today I'm 38 years old. Yeah. If you're, if you're younger than me, you would remember, what would Jesus do? So some of you, some of you a little bit older than me, you'd know it too. I remember wearing that in high school, though. What would Jesus do? It was big. It was this fad, but more than a fad, it's a legitimate question. What would the Creator of heaven and earth? What would the one who went to the cross? What would the one who was pure, above everybody else? What would he do? And then, and then just do it, just do it. All right. So, so what we do is ask ourselves: Does it line up with the Bible? Will will it make me more like Christ? Number three, does godly counsel agree with it? If I'm feeling this thing, does godly counsel agree with it? The key words there are godly counsel. Come on, somebody. We We can get a lot of counsel. You can post it on Facebook and get some counsel. Come on, right now you're watching on Facebook. You've probably already scrolled a little bit this morning. There's all kinds of counsel out there. You just gotta ignore everything that's not godly. Ignore everything that's not godly. And listen, here's another key word, do they agree? Because sometimes you can get some counsel, some godly counsel even, but 
submit to the council that's in agreement. Come on, submit where there's two or three that are in agreement together, amen? So you, you, you want to lean into that. Proverbs chapter 12 says that the way of a fool seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Wise people ask those godly counselors and they say, will you, will you give me some wisdom? Will you give me some guidance? Again, in Proverbs chapter 19, it says that we've got to listen to advice and accept discipline. Because sometimes godly counsel says, I wouldn't do that if I were you. And we got to be able to say, yes, sir, I see what you're saying. We, we got to be able to submit to discipline because at the end, you will be counted as the wise if you can submit to discipline. Many are the plans in a person's heart. Man, there's a lot of things I want to do. There's a lot of things I feel like the Lord is saying to me. Many are the plans, but it's the Lord's purpose that we want to prevail. That's what we want. Again, in Proverbs, it says, surely you need guidance to wage war. If you're going to pick a fight, you're going to need some guidance. Because check this out. The victory is won through many advisors. It's won through many people who are giving you godly counsel. All right? So, so let's, let's ask ourselves, does godly counsel agree? And you got to be careful, again, that you don't just go from person to person until you find who's going to tell you what you want to hear. Well, I don't really like what she told me, so I'm going to go over here and ask him. Well, I don't really like what he said, so I'm going to go over here and I'm going to tell them and I'm going to see what they have to say about it. Well, I don't really like what any of them said in my small group, so I'm going to post it on Facebook, and I'm going to ask everybody else what they think about it, right? It's kind of like the guy who, he, he was driving to work one morning, and he, he prayed. He said, God, if it's your will for me to have a dozen Krispy Kreme donuts, would you let the hot light be on this morning? Sure enough, he pulled up, and the hot light was not on, so he just drove around the parking lot till it came on. Yeah. It'll come on sooner or later, right? Does godly counsel agree with what we have to say? Number four is, do I have peace about it? Do I have peace? I'm telling you, this word is a word that the world cannot give you. The world cannot give you the kind of peace that God can give you. See, what's different from Christi- in Christianity, what separates Christianity from every other religion on the planet is... We don't just serve a God, that God lives inside of us. He's alive and he lives inside of us. He's not a dead God, he is alive. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is alive in us. We are made in his image. Man, we have the spirit living inside of us. That's the difference from, in Christianity from every other religion. We have the spirit of God living inside of us and he can give us peace that nobody else can give us. He can give you peace that you can't find in a pill, in a bottle, in a sexual encounter. You can't find it anywhere else but the Holy Spirit. That's where, that's where it comes from. So if the Holy Spirit lives in you, if you're filled with the Spirit today, then you have probably felt that conflict between what the Holy Spirit is saying and what your flesh is saying. You've felt that before. It's, it's like that old cartoon where there's a devil and an angel on one shoulder, on each shoulder. And, and they're, both, they're both kind of vying for, your, for, for, for you. And that's, that's really, uh, it's a cartoonish picture, but it's a real reality. 
There is a a Holy Spirit and there's some other spirits that are trying to, they're trying to vie for your attention, trying to vie for your commitment, trying to lead you astray. And you've got to say no to all of those things and say yes to the Holy Spirit, to the Spirit who brings peace in Jesus' name. We've got to learn to, to listen to the Holy Spirit. It's a peace that only he can give. You know, the Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians that God is not the author of confusion. If you're confused, then, then you're not dealing with a spirit of, of peace. If, if you're walking in confusion, you need the Holy Spirit to step in and give you some peace. Because he doesn't, he doesn't work in confusion. He is a worker of peace. And I'll tell you, in, in 2017, September of 2017, we were, we were really leaning in, really believing in this dream that God had put in our hearts to plant a church here in Wichita Falls. I would say we were 80 to 90% yes this is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to move to Wichita Falls to start a church. But about that time, in, in, in September of 2017, we, we heard of a church here in Wichita Falls that was looking for a pastor. And we had relationship with this church in the past, and so we thought, well, maybe that's it. Maybe we're supposed to just take over a church and not plant a church. And so I asked my pastor if I could have his permission to s- submit our resume and just see what might happen. And so there was a few emails back and forth, and, and I told him up front, I said, I really feel like the Lord's calling us to back to Wichita Falls to either plant a church or to be a pastor of a church. Like, hey, I'm, I'm fixing to come either way, all right? I'm just letting you know. We're coming either way. And, and a few emails exchanged, and they let us know that we, we were no longer considered because I wasn't... Uh, I wasn't licensed in their denomination and and you know when I got that word there was not an ounce of anger or bitterness or hurt or fear or worry or concern there was nothing but absolute peace because I knew all right that's not it that's not it can you imagine if if they said yes and we had pursued that can you imagine that we would be in the right city but the wrong church that none of you would be here today that you wouldn't be watching online right now. That nothing, none of this, that what God has done in less than two years, none of this would have happened if we had just gone with this other thought. We had to wait for the peace of God. We had to wait for the peace of God. And when we found that peace of God, we knew, all right, we're going all in 100%. <laughs> and that's what I want for you is to know that peace. I want you to know that peace. You know, there's an old saying that says, uh, no peace, like N-O peace. If, if, if you don't, like if, if you don't know peace, if you don't K-N-O-W peace, then you're not going to have any peace. No peace, no peace. Play on words, I guess, right? We want to, we got to have peace in our lives. The, but Holy Spirit's the only one who brings that. Philippians chapter 4 says, don't be anxious about anything. When we were in that season and we had submitted our resume and we were trying to figure out what does the Lord want, there wasn't anything anxious in me. When we got the no, there wasn't anything anxious in me. I mean, I'm honest today. I'm telling you, I wasn't worried. I wasn't concerned. I knew then that's not it. That's a closed door. He says, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Talk to God about it. And the peace of God which transcends 
all of our human ability to understand, all human comprehension, the peace that goes way beyond that will guard. The word guard is a garrison. He will set an army of soldiers around your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody. Is that the kind of peace that you want today? Man, that's the kind of peace I need in my life. It's what I want. It's what I need. So I want to close out with this. The word frequency is, it has a double meaning, right? It has a double meaning. The word frequency is, is like if you were tuning a, a dial on, on a radio or maybe you're trying to tune in on a, on a radar or, or you're trying to get a frequency, right? But then it also means the number of times something is repeated. So what I want to do today is I want to close out today by giving you... Um, by, by helping you have some frequency to your frequency. To give you some frequency to your frequency. We just closed out 21 days of prayer yesterday. And I think we need some day 22ers. Some day 23, day 24. Let's, let's, let's continue this frequency that we've been on. Let's do it. All right, so let me give you three things really quick. Number one is this. Tune in to God every day. If, if you want to hear God's voice, you got to tune in every day. Every day, hear what he has to say. Hear what he is speaking to us. Get in his word. Read the word of God. It's not just reading it. It's, it's hearing it. It's listening. It's obeying. It's carrying it out. you got to get familiar with his voice, right? If Annalise called you up on the phone, like if you don't have a relationship with Annalise, and she, and she called you and said, hey you probably wouldn't recognize her voice. But if she calls me and says, hey, <laughs> right? That's my girl. I know her. I know her voice. I know it's her. Listen to me. The people who hear God the clearest are the ones who spend time with him the most. That's, that's, that's a tweetable line right there. The people who hear God the clearest are the ones who spend time with him the most. Man, that's what God wants for us. Tune in to him every day. In, in uh, John chapter 10, this is, goes back to our theme verse. It says, when he gets them all out, he leads them. Jesus is leading his sheep, and they follow him because they've been spending time with him. They know his voice. They're familiar with his voice. They follow. They hear what he's saying. And they follow his voice. They're familiar with it. The second thing is this. Tune out the things that oppose God. you got to tune into the things that, that are of God. Tune into God every day. But secondly, you got to tune out the things that oppose him. There are things competing for your time. Competing for your attention. Competing for your desires. You've got to tune that out and tune into God. And he's the one who's going to speak to you about what those things are. Uh, let me say it this way. Um, you've never heard from this pulpit, from this platform, a, a beat you over the head kind of message. We don't get up here and talk about, don't do this, glory to God. And if you don't turn, you're going to burn, hallelujah. We don't get up here and talk like that. Why? Because what I believe is that it's my responsibility to lead you to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ 
And, and Jesus said he was going to send the Holy Spirit who would convict us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. <laughs> Let's, we're going to let the Holy Spirit convict us of those things in our lives. So I'm not going to get up here and beat you over the head and tell you don't do this and don't do that. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart and to change your life and let him talk to you about those things. Amen? So let's, let's, let's listen to the Holy Spirit. I want you to have a relationship with God where he can speak to you like that. In John chapter 10, it says that they won't follow a stranger's voice. You won't follow the opposition. You won't follow the competing voices because you aren't used to the sound of it. You won't follow those voices because you're not used to the sound of those voices. And so you, you follow the Holy Spirit instead. And then number three is take steps. Take steps towards what God has spoken. And here's what I believe. That every one of us, every one of you watching online today, every you, one of you dream teamers in the room today, every one of us, no matter how long you've been a Christian, you have a next step to take. You, you can be the greatest prayer warrior ever, you have a next step. Maybe, maybe, maybe you have, you've just really lived a clean life over these last few months. Hey, that's awesome. You've got a next step. doesn't matter where you are. You have a next step. And so we've got to take steps towards what God has spoken. John chapter 10 verse 27 says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. They take a step. They know me and they come after me. They know me and they walk closer. They know me and they, they, they take steps. So I want you to hang in there for just a moment. Online, maybe this is where you normally start to close out your, your live stream. I want you to hang on for just a second. Hang on in the room today. Because I believe that there's some next steps all of us need to take. There's some next steps for every one of us. The Bible encourages us To not just be hearers of the word, but to be doers of it. Don't just, don't just listen. Do it. Do the word. And so what I want to ask you to do right now, in-house, online, was, would you just bow your heads, just put your hands out in a receiving position. Bow your heads, close your eyes, and just open your hands like you're going to receive something. And I want you to, more desperately and more genuinely than you've ever asked before, ask the Holy Spirit right now, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me, Holy Spirit? What are you speaking to me today? What are you saying to me, Holy Spirit? I know that there's probably some people in this room today that he's speaking to you. He's challenging you in a way that you've never been challenged. What's the one thing he's speaking to you from today's message that you need to change in your life? What's the one thing? For some of you, maybe it's that you're being led by your own desires and you're doing things that your flesh wants. You're doing things that your flesh desires and you really need the Holy Spirit to just come in and to bring conviction, to, to, to separate those things, to, to help you walk away from the, the opposing voices and to go near to God. Maybe for some of you, it's you're empty of peace. 
You haven't had the peace of God in your life in so long. You've been jumping from, from person to person, from counselor to counselor, from Facebook thread to Facebook thread, trying to find peace from, bill, from, from pills to bottles to encounters, whatever it is. You can only find that peace in Jesus Christ, 100%. He's the only one who can give you that peace. Maybe for you today, it's that you're struggling with ungodly counsel and you're, you're, you're looking in so many different directions for somebody to tell you what your ears want to hear. But today, you just need to submit to the Word of God. You need to submit to somebody who would be bold enough to tell you the truth. Maybe that's it. Maybe for some of you, God's calling you to a next step. Maybe... maybe You've just been sitting on the bench at church for a while. And you've just been waiting for the right moment. And I'm telling you, this is your moment. Maybe for you today, it's going through the growth track. Going to the fast track next Sunday. Maybe, it's, maybe for you, it's getting in a small group and taking off your mask and saying, Jesus, I need you. I can't do this anymore. I've got to have you. No matter what it is for you, if you are here today and you say, Pastor Ben... The Holy Spirit's speaking to me about something right now that needs to change in my life. Would you just slip up your hand right now? I want to pray for you right where you are. If that's you, slip up your hand. God bless you. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every hand lifted. And I'm asking you by the power of the Holy Spirit that you would begin to speak like never before. That you would begin to speak blessing and speak truth and speak your righteousness and speak your word. God, I pray that you would draw every person who, who, who in the sound of my voice, who feels distant from you today, just begin to draw them in in the name of Jesus. Begin to speak to them with all, all that you have. Give them listening ears so they can hear what you have to say. Jesus and with your head still bowed there's some people maybe in the room today and online that you your next step is to just come close to Jesus you're far from God you've drifted you're distant you're not in relationship with him and you can feel it. You feel the heaviness. You feel the weight of it. You feel, you feel that pressure on you right now that you're far from God. And if that's you, I want to give you an opportunity to come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand right where you are, right where you are. Online, you can just, you, you can just identify yourself if you feel led to. In a moment, I'll give you an opportunity to let us know that that's you. If that's you and you're ready to come into a relationship with Jesus today, to t your next step is to know him in an intimate way. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand today? Let me see you. God bless you. Thank you. Online, right here in house, just say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. All that I am all that I have I want you more than anything would you cleanse me would you forgive me would you give me a fresh start take away everything else I release it I want to hear your voice I want a relationship with you from this day forward I will follow you the best that I know how in the name of Jesus Amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's give God thanks today. Let's praise God today.